Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> if you've got a podcast or a small business or even an evil brotherhood of dastardly dance choreographers, then did you know you could advertise it here on The Other Stories? We've got a number of packages available now, and if you're looking to get your business or project in years of over 10,000 listeners for a single episode, or if you prefer to sponsor an entire theme, 50,000 listeners, then get in touch via our website, theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash contact. Today's episode is Room with a View. Written by Alexandra Elroy and narrated by Justin Fife. Shock Walder's dislike of people is something that came to him gradually. As a kid, his parents told him that he was a special little boy and that he could do anything he set his mind to. Back then, he had felt he had a place in the world and that he could leave an impact. He grew up nourished with lots of adults fawning over him and children connecting with him. Classes were already very full, and he would feel overlooked at times. But he was relatively good at school and, after all, what really mattered was his promising future. Everything would be different then, and the world would know him. When he got older, he was passionate about his social studies major. He would shake it off when a teacher didn't have time to speak to him personally about his progress or when none of his classmates would recognize him. Now that he was nearing his graduation, however, 
there had been a definite shift in his outlook. Early ventures into job-seeking territory met him with stock rejections, mentioning just how many social studies majors applied and how they opted for the people who were just that little bit better at setting themselves apart without being weird, marketing themselves without showing off, and shock ads bitterly in his head, be just related enough to the boss without getting in trouble for nepotism. Shock is sitting on the rooftop of his apartment complex, sipping coffee. The flat Dutch landscape stretches far and wide, and everywhere he looks, there are people. People throwing trash out of cars lined up in endless jams. People cycling by in droves of bicycles. People fighting in windows. When he looks up, there are planes carrying people to other places with yet other people. He is on the rooftop because his dormitory is too crowded for him to hear himself think. But even the small, cold, and officially off-limits rooftop space he currently has to share with two couples making out, a bunch of janitors having a smoke, and some middle-ager having a nervous breakdown, pacing back and forth on the east ledge. Perhaps she'll jump. Shock leaves his coffee cup on the floor, gets up and stretches, and leaves for class. Shock turns on this portable headset as he makes his way to the 15th floor. The sound of lecturing chitters into his ears through the tiny wireless buds. Class is already in session, and the teacher is giving an introductory talk about the popular prophecy that made its way over from the new planet. Shock has taken this class for the second time, so he's heard it all before. Apparently, there's a superstition among the few indigenous locals of the new planet. It's about the pending arrival of the hopping pest, something like the plague of locusts in the Bible, but much, much bigger and more devastating. It will land on the planet, suck it dry completely, and then move on to the next planet. The first inhabitants could only make out so much of the story with their limited communication skills, and it's almost impossible to find any locals to further their knowledge to start with. From anything researchers could make out, they're extremely sparse, just a few minor tribes in select areas, living in perfect harmony with the local flora and fauna. Shock gets a secret little tingle up his spine when he thinks about the new world, and its untouched glory, all empty and inviting. He makes his way into the building's education room. It's already full of people in his general age group, following various theoretical lesson broadcasts. They're all residents of this building, it is virtually impossible to secure a spot in public transport, and there is an official mandate out to limit commutes as much as possible, so it's best to stay in place. It's been like that for as long as Shaw can remember. He hasn't set foot outside of his district in years. Anyway, it's not like having real classrooms would make any sense anymore, with a minimum of 600 people attending each session. There's no way to fit everyone in, it's too chaotic and poses all kinds of infection hazards. So, almost all classes are broadcast, to be followed in one's own living quarters. He squeezes himself into the edge of a stuffed bench and places his laptop in between the dividers. The student next to him shoots him an annoyed glance and returns to his screen. He is man-spreading, so Shock has to sit with his knees tilted at an uncomfortable angle. He detects multiple whiffs and aromas of body odor emanating from the other orifices around him and starts breathing through his mouth. 
Aerosols of strangers' sweat and spittle set down onto his taste buds. He turns on his laptop and dreams of space. The teacher pops up on his screen. She's still talking about the planet hopping pest. In the end, we need to consider if this plague might, in fact, be a bit less like locusts and a lot more. She pauses for a dramatic effect. Like our own human race. She touches her fingertips together and peers over them into the camera, waiting for the students' minds to be blown. Shock rolls his eyes. If anyone over 18 is still surprised to hear that mankind is a plague, they should either not be studying at all or study a hell of a lot more. Everyone knows that this planet is hanging on by a thread and won't be able to bear the weight much longer. The air is almost unbreathable. Wildlife is extinct. Crops are dying out. Resources are at an all-time low. Right-wing parties are investing in space travel and cutting down everything in their path to succeed. Left-wing parties have ceased to fight them and are handing them their axes in hopes of receiving a complimentary ticket. Shock idly wonders if the woman on the roof has jumped yet. He shifts his gaze to the window and imagines her whizzing by. He snaps back to attention when the teacher announces the next segment of the lesson, the one he has been looking forward to a live stream of the first inhabitants of the new world. The screen crackles as the connection finds its way to the new star, too removed from the Earth's sun, and then tilts right to find the orbit of the glossy green and blue globe that promises their salvation. A lot bigger than Earth, it is untouched and beautiful. Oxygen aplenty, greens and wildlife like what used to live on Earth, but much more varied and richer almost completely undiscovered and full of potential. The footage is grainy at first, but it quickly gains in quality thanks to the superior technology that has been developed for the repopulation project. The camera's angled towards a small group of inhabitants sitting around an electric fire, laughing and eating a steak of some fantastic creature that, according to their comments, is much more delicious than anything they have ever tasted before in their lives. They are wearing a mix of earth gear and a hemp-like cloth that they showed how to harvest and weave in a previous broadcast. Shock bites back a bitter lump of jealousy that clenches in his throat. He applied to be an inhabitant seven times when they were setting up the project. He would have been a perfect choice. His intelligence is well above average. He is athletic and skilled, and he has nothing at all to lose. But there are just too many people who fit that exact description, or an even better one, and he was lost in a flood of similars. An exciting message pops up on the feed, and it stops Shock's resentful pondering in its tracks. Confirmed. Repopulation Project New World to start transporting the general public in mere decades. The headline has clearly popped up on all of the laptops in the room. A low murmur quickly turns into an electric buzz. People stand up and clasp their hands over their mouths. Some people squeal and throw their arms around complete strangers, and some even hug them back. Shock just sits there and looks at the screen. They said it wouldn't happen in their lifetime, that they would, could, 
never leave. And now, mere decades? Shock's face doesn't shift. Anyone who'd looked at him would think that he's entirely unfazed by the biggest news of his generation. Inside his mind, however, neurons are working overtime to form a plan, the seeds of which have been teasing his imagination for years. Inside his own mind, his being subtly but irrevocably shifts from that of a boy without purpose to that of a man with a mission. In the midst of the clamor of people jumping and screaming, jostling and sending their laptops flying through the air in a delirium of joy, Shock quietly stands up and walks out. He exits the building, steps over the woman, and heads out of his block's retail quarters. Subtly calculating, he starts spending his savings to load up on astronauts' rations and gear. It is not enough, he reflects. It is not nearly enough. But a smile remains on his lips. He has time, he thinks. He has decades. Fifty years later, the planet is dead. The last rocket assigned to the Netherlands sets off right down the block from Shock's old apartment building, off to the new world. It is stuffed full of people, safely stored in stasis. A trip to the new world takes years, but every indication is that it will be worth it. Part of a 0.1 probability group, the rocket explodes and disintegrates shortly after takeoff. Shock sits on his rooftop and absently watches the ball of fire expand in the air. Occasionally, he takes off his oxygen helmet for a sip of his beer or a bite of a protein bar. His gaze shifts down as gigantic chunks of metal start to rain down on the already trashed and ruined streets around him. He'll figure out an effective way to clean up the mess soon, make it suit his tastes. The rocket probably shedded tons of equipment that's still usable. Shock smiles. If people can live in experimental biospheres on Mars, a planet that has never lived, he sure as hell can, right here, on a planet that thrived and died. It is all the same in the end. Shock feels a contented ease when he considers his improvement plans, the value of being able to build something that no one else would ever wreck or interfere with. He stretches on his raggedy lawn chair and takes in the view from the empty rooftop again. Everywhere he looks are abandoned ruins of buildings, barren wastelands and inhospitable terrains waiting to be discovered, explored, and improved. There are no living people anywhere in sight. Finally, at long last, he has space. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Room with a View was written by Alexandra Elroy, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes of music by Chris Zabriskie and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. Alexandra Elroy is a regular narrator and irregular writer for The Other Stories. She lurks by the shallow holders of the Netherlands, waiting for her next bout of inspiration. You can find her on Facebook, if you dare. 
Justin Fife is an audio producer, amateur voice actor, podcaster, and video game lover. You can follow him on Twitter at, at @justinbfife. Did you know that we have a small number of limited signed hardcover copies of The Other Stories Best of Volume 1 available? They would make an amazing Halloween shocking filler and or a delightful Christmas horror surprise. In fact, we had an amazing review recently from a reader, Laura Kendrick. I finished The Other Stories Anthology and it was incredible. If you enjoy Love, Death and Robots or Inside Number 9, you'll adore this perfect collection of strange and unsettling stories. There are carnivorous beetles, barnacle viruses, artists utilising children, and even a little toaster that could. There's strange creatures, ominous settings, and nightmare-inducing scenarios from serial killers to sci-fi terrors. The Other Stories has it all! So if you'd like to support the show and go and grab that book, head over to gumroad.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. If you'd like to become a patron, you can become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. You can join our book club, movie club, and writing exercises and we're currently running a flash fiction competition at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash hawk and cleaver and you can get help with your short stories and your podcast by heading to theotherstories.net forward slash services the other stories is a production of the story studio hawk and cleaver and is brought to you with a creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license that means don't change it don't sell it but by all means share the hell out of it until next time 